Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed Bakta, a.k.a. Jimmy Buffett and Ace Ventura's illegitimate child. And with me... It's... Hey! (laughs) (laughs) It's me! Does everyone remember? I'll give them a I'll give them a chance to think about it before I continue. Yes, it is um famed Broadway and uh almost EGOT winner, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yes. <laughs> um I no, see- uh it's 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 me, Andy. Hi. <laughs> so Andy, we watched a um a very special show today. Yes. So we watched a show called Over the Top. Um, it aired on ABC from October 21st, 1999 to November 4th, 1999. It managed to air nine of its 12 episodes. So this show stars Tim Curry as a former soap opera actor who has to move in with his ex-wife, played by Annie Potts, who owns a hotel Although it kind of basically looks like a bed and breakfast, I wouldn't necessarily call it a hotel. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, I, I'm sorry, I, I got a little distracted because I was looking at the Wikipedia page uh, to the show, and I just noticed that under episodes, it says that the pilot is to be announced in terms of where it exists in the series continuity. Also... They haven't announced who's directing this episode or who wrote it. So that's still like in the process. And actually, I this actually all makes sense um, because I discovered something very sinister about this show. And now it's starting to all like come into focus for me. So like how sinister, honestly? Ed, I mean, basically... This is going to change the entire um, the entire format of the episode. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I think I think this show this show really is a um, it, it's just it's groundbreaking, really. I, I mean, I, I mean, do you, do you really just want to know? Do you want to know what the the secret is? The the sinister uh, curse this this show has brought to unaired. You know what? Hit me with that sinister curse. Um, the pilot we watched never actually aired. <gasps> yeah, it, it actually truly is unaired. Ha 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 By by the t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Tpublic.com slash unaired. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, the, the episode that we watched actually never aired. Um, and I figured this out because... Um, weirdly enough, I actually really enjoyed the episode that we watched. And, uh, and so I was like, hey, I'll give the second episode a shot. The second episode is a reworked version of the pilot. That's a little awkward. Yeah. Um, it's basically the exact same events, but it's, it's like an alternate universe, like, like different different kind of things happen so like maybe like the flash ran back in time and like screwed something up and this is the new timeline this is the flashpoint universe i mean 
Basically, and I'm telling you this because I think it's going to influence your idea of, um, you know, where future episodes might have went. I think it's really going to change the context of some of these episode titles. Um, you'll notice that after episode one, uh, there are episodes called uh, The Colonel, which clearly is the next supervillain in this uh television series followed by the nemesis uh followed by who's afraid of simon ferguson you know it's it's more it's one of those more like uh introspective stories about uh the character and, and about his his power to go back in time i mean ed this just this changes everything you know most of these episode titles i'm looking through it right now and they could be like a superhero tv series episode like title list I know, and I I hope you're looking at the second-to-last episode title, which is called The Bee Story. Yeah, I just saw that, but it's not like Bee Story like the letter, but it's B-E-E. Yeah. I want to know who the bee is. Well, it's Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, also, uh... I couldn't help but hear that you said all the episodes aired, but I think only three of them aired. Yeah, so there's, um, my dumb, dumb brain misread. So uh -oh. 12, 12 episodes were produced. Yes. Nine yeah. of them were, nine were unaired. Yes. Yeah. So only three aired. Which is tragic. I mean, really. I mean, what what we saw here was next level so you know with what you said i'm uh noticing <laughs> noticing a few uh changes from the pilot that we watched <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really what do you notice so um there's like a sassy maid who is played by deborah joe rupp aka if you've seen um have you seen that 70s show? She plays Kitty. <laughs> and also, John O'Hurley shows up. And yes. he's a main character. Yes, he is. <laughs> Man, I wish I had actually looked into this better because this seems like it would have been a much better show. It's honestly, like, mind-blowing how much this show changes like after that pilot it's a completely different show man this is unprecedented like let me tell you something so so i i guess we can start by like setting the scene here uh without giving too much away the plot but uh too early but um basically the story is that tim curry is this soap opera star he's very uh over the top and uh he, he's just very animated and like, he, yeah, he's just, he's too much. He's too much. He's heavy. Um, he loses his job on his soap opera. He's killed off. And uh, so there's a whole story there, which in the original pilot, I don't know, Ed, what, what would you say? That story takes almost like, I feel like six minutes. Like there's yeah, a good. It seems like it's the B story of the episode. It's, it's like a good chunk of the episode before he gets to the hotel. Um, but in the uh, actual first episode, they don't even show any of that. 
they actually cover it in like a quick monologue that Tim Curry gives. He's like, uh, he just says that he was on a soap opera and like he lost his job and that's basically it. And it takes like 10 seconds. Well, that's, uh, that's disappointing. <laughs> I very much enjoyed Tim Curry acting as though he was acting. Yeah, I did too. And and it's actually really weird because there were a lot of jokes, I feel like, in the pilot that were set up by things that he said before he got to the hotel. And all of them are gone in the uh, actual first episode. Man. You know, maybe it's a better thing that we watched this unaired pilot because now we can write a proper over-the-top show. Yeah, but I don't know, Ed. I, I'm weirdly drawn to the idea that Every episode is its own universe that we're, <laughs> we're always seeing something different. And maybe over the course of the show, the characters in the cast, you know, what? I, I don't want to give too much away too early. Um, I'll, I'll speak more to this later. But yeah, I, I have to say it's it's unprecedented. And, and you know what? You're right. I am glad we watched the unaired pilot because um, I... I <laughs> I actually think the reason that the pilot and the first episode uh, are so different from each other is because he's too mean. I feel like that's a good character trait, though. Yeah, it is. But I don't think they wanted him to be that mean to the kids. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. He's mean, but he's also very loving. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good, like, character trait for him. I mean, I don't want to overanalyze this, but I, I actually, I think the the story of the pilot is that he's really mean, and this is a reality check, and he becomes nice. Uh, I, I think that's kind of fair, right? Like, you, you kind of see that. Um, but in the first episode, the actual first episode, he's just already nice, like, when he shows up. He, he's not mean. So there's no character growth. Not Damn really. Damn it, ABC. <laughs> We give you Tim Curry on a golden platter, much like the room service would be served up in this hotel. And you just you just threw him in the trash. I mean, to be fair, he, he is a little mean, but he's like joking mean. Like they keep all the like kind of sweet jokes where he's like talking to the kid and he's like, oh, don't waste my time. And uh, and and like he's like, you just wasted 10 seconds of my life, doll. And, uh, you know, they cut, I mean, they keep all that stuff, you know, because it's lovable and cute and people, you know, really respond to it and want to kiss him on the lips. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. This, this show actually, um, when I first saw, uh, Tim Curry on the screen, uh, and by the way, the, the beginning of this episode, I, I, I quickly glossed over it, but honestly, it's far more, uh, strange than I let on. He wakes up in a stranger's apartment and he's like passed out drunk in a tuxedo (laughs) yeah and the apartment's just all pink everything's all pink yeah it it looks like a set from like lazy town or something like it's like cartoonishly pink yeah and then he just picks up the phone he's just like (laughs) hey marty it's simon i know i'm late but where the hell am i (laughs) Yeah, yeah and he they just play it off like he gets away with it because he's yeah. a so, he's a soap opera star. Right. Like a police officer comes in with the uh, owner of the apartment 
And she's like, oh shit, wait a minute. That's Simon Ferguson from Days to Remember. And he's like, yes, it's me. Fair warning. This is your warning right now. A lot of Tim Curry impressions this episode. <laughs> so Some are um, accurate, some not so accurate. And you have to read, yeah. read between the lines to see which ones are which. We're weaving our Tim Curry tapestry. And mm-hmm. you know, not all brush strokes are going to be perfect. This is all actually a complicated piece of uh, my predictions for future episodes uh, that we're going to get into later. So pay close attention and be sure to to take notes um, on everything I say. There will be a quiz afterwards. There will be a quiz uh, and there will be the second clue in the ongoing unaired ARG uh, that we're running. Yes, if you didn't catch the first one. Maybe go back and re-listen to all the episodes, except for like one through four. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. Um, get to when we were humans. Yeah. <laughs> and also when I actually learned how to edit audio. <laughs> yeah, that that might be good too. That's actually a brilliant like scam. Just being like, oh, yeah, there's a little like, well, you know, what? it's not a scam. I mean, because we did it. But exactly. It, you know, if we if we didn't do it, um, it would be a brilliant like idea to do hiding something or saying saying that you've hidden something <laughs> in all 43 past episodes. So, uh, yeah. So this woman's just like taken aback by the fact that her favorite soap opera star is in her apartment. And she's like, can I have a picture? And he says, well, are you going to press charges? And she's (laughs) like, no, then get next to me, doll. And uh, takes the picture. And while she's staying next to him, says, well, now that we're besties, can I borrow your car? (laughs) Um, Also, like, can I just say, you know, I love Tim Curry. I think he's amazing. I think, you know, he is a beautiful human being physically. I don't think he's at his peak here, uh, looks-wise. He's made some questionable decisions. But, you know, that plays into the character. Yeah, it kind of does. I guess you're right. It's just that mullet. I I just, I don't know. You know? (laughs) Yeah, it, it was peak 90s curry. I would would you say post clue? Oh, definitely. This post-clue. has to be after, right? Yeah. I think this was ten years after Clue. Wow. Really? I'm pretty sure Clue was nineteen eighty seven. I think you're probably right. That that feels more like an eighties movie. Nineteen eighty five. Wow. So twelve years. So um Simon shows up on set. And they're like, do you know your lines? He goes, I glanced over them. And uh, then he starts doing the scene where he's trying to resuscitate. Was it a Monsignor or was it like a deacon? It was some like... Mo- he- Monsignor. Okay. Yeah. So he's just like, I saved the Monsignor. <laughs> and his uh, attractive uh, nurse friend is like, oh no, what am I going to do when you leave? And Timmy Tim Tim goes into this monologue because he forgot his lines. And he's like, don't worry, I'll be gone for only a few days. But just remember, (laughs) 
when it rains, there's always a tomorrow. Did you write this all down? <laughs> and the sun will shine. Oh, no. <laughs> Never forget that. <laughs> and he just keeps going like back back into it because uh, the director keeps looking at him. And every time he like pauses, the nurse tries to get like another word in. But he just keeps starting back up again. You see, in um, my um, interpretation of the show, in the uh, canonical sense, uh, that monologue doesn't exist. They, That's they, true, because they, you've seen... <laughs> I've, You've yeah. seen the universe where in which <laughs> Timothy Curry never got the chance to do this monologue. Right. So they cut it out completely. Oh, man. This is so weird. It's it's not important at all. <laughs> I feel like we've done an episode like that before. I think, honestly, bet they changed a lot of stuff between the pilot and the series. But Act- like, Actually, you're totally right. I remember that now. But, like, we didn't get so deep into bet. I mean, (laughs) this has got Tim Curry. (laughs) Yeah, I loved the first episode of this. And I honestly was sitting at my computer just, like, shaking my head at what I was seeing. I I was that angry. I thought you were going to say you were shaking. Like, you were just so in shock. (laughs) I mean, I kind of was. I... I, it, it, I thought it was, I was like having like a, a, a temporal slip or something. I, I didn't know what was happening. Oh, you should probably have a, have a doctor check that out. And like, I think this plays into my theory. I, I think they wanted to show him uh, when he's becoming a better person because I, I realize how evil he is now in that intro. <laughs> he, he is absolutely like diabolical. So the uh, director is just like, hey, can you uh, try that last line again? Instead of saying you're only going to be gone a few days, say, I don't think I'm going to be coming back. And Tim like kind of like looks up like, oh, <laughs> wow, we'd never get that. <laughs> That's true. You'd never get that uh, weird Tim Allen home improvement oh, moment. Yeah, I never got I never got to see that in um, the canonical uh, um, reality. The, cano- the canonical adventures of Over the Top. <laughs> yes, my my new um, book coming out about the uh, fan fiction behind Over the Top. Available at Barnes and Nobles exclusively. Buy our T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Wow, that that never happens, and yeah, I. You're, you're really giving me some cognitive dissonance on who this character is. <laughs> so uh, he shows up at the uh, hotel that his ex-wife owns. And he walks up to the desk. And there's what appears to be a 10-year-old who is running the desk. And Tim walks up and says, I'm looking for the proprietor. Who? The concierge. Who? Anyone but you. <laughs> And the kid just goes, you sound like one of the Beatles. And Tim's like, yeah, I'm the fifth Beatle. They call me Satan. You see, um, a couple things, Ed, I got, I got to tell you. Uh, are these, are these some notes on my uh, impression? Cause I'm definitely, definitely <laughs> workshopping it. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, just in my reality, um, <laughs> not, this isn't my version of over the top, my version, <laughs> um, 
that line is still there. The fifth Beatle line is still there. Interesting. I I do have a note here uh, because, shocker, I, I did also watch the pilot, um, that I, I think I know why they cut that intro stuff out. And my note was that he's the same character um, off the soap opera set as he is on the soap opera set. I mean, yeah. I get that. So I think, like, they just cut all that stuff out. So he was just always this guy. And he was just never trying to act. That makes sense. So then, Kate, who is Simon's ex-wife, comes out and just like, Oh, Daniel, this is uh, Mr. Ferguson. We're old friends. You, uh, you see, Ed, in my version... <laughs> <laughs> she just comes right out with it and says that she's married. She was married. Yeah, that's, uh, that is different. Oh, also, she, like, really loves him. Like, she's very, she's very nice to him when she first sees him. See, that's interesting because she's a little bit standoffish. Yeah, she's, she's kind of mean. Um, rightfully so, which is why it's weirder in the actual episode. <laughs> So uh, Daniel goes up to his room and goes, hey, do you want to see my room? And Simon's just like, oh, God, no. And uh, he explains to Kate that Days to Remember gave him a brief. Instead of hiatus, he says hiatus. And I uh, phonetically spelled that out so I would remember to pronounce it that oh, way. Oh, me, me too. How did you spell it? I did H-E-E dash A-T dash U-S. That's interesting. I did... H-E-E space A-A-H-H-H space T-U-S. Okay. Hiatus. We took different roads, but we got to the same location. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I apologize. Um, God's wrath is uh, thundering down upon me currently. So if you hear any any of that, I apologize. Yeah. um, I'll probably cut any of that out. Sorry, it's thundering where I am. Oh, that's that's not fun. Yeah, no. Hey, hey, Andy, be safe out there. I'm going to be super safe. I'm going to jump and I'm going to just keep jumping and, until it's all gone. All right. And like, make sure you throw on a condom, too. I always am wearing one. That's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> that's my secret cap. I'm always wearing a Jimmy cap. I'm always hard. (laughs) Uh, All right. (laughs) So uh, then we find out that the last time that Kate saw Simon was in Mexico for their divorce. And he explains, I still have that picture of you mooning El Presidente. Which kind of gives us a little uh, a little window into what Kate used to be like. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot about this. Um. It's it's not in the actual episode. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's when Gwen, who is Kate's daughter, shows up. She walks in and she's like, oh, I'm going out with friends and Frankie. And Simon goes, and Frankie, isn't that the girl from the attic? And that gave me a good chuckle. I don't get that. What is that? Instead of and Frank and Frankie. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> bit of a bit of a dark joke. It would go over your head mainly because she's in the attic. Yeah. So then the room service guy oh my God. shows up and um, shows up in Simon's room. Simon's in the bathroom, and Yergo is his name, played by Steve Carell. Amazing. It took me a minute to recognize him, honestly. Yeah, he he doesn't. Yeah, he definitely looks like young Steve Carell, which which is a very distinct look, I think, in his life. Right. No, it, this is pre hair plug Steve Carell. Yes, yeah. Um, he also, I knew it was him the minute he started speaking because this character is just like ridiculous. Yeah, it sounds like if Gru from the Minions movie was talking like that scene from Bruce Almighty where he's like, ah, I like a dance poopoo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he He's also like, it, you know, in the in the way that like Andy Kaufman was brought in a taxi to like, play the weird like eastern european character yeah it's supposed to be like a wacky character yeah this is the exact same situation (laughs) except it's like weirder because it's steve carell (laughs) and you know what i've noticed you just brought something uh to my attention every hotel show i've ever watched has that character right has that character yeah like uh faulty towers and its subsequent uh american attempt at a reboot pain have that like foreign bellhop this show has the same thing except it's a chef and then we have sweet life zach and cody who has esteban julio ricardo montoya de la rosa ramirez (laughs) no (laughs) are you saying that it doesn't have that i'm just saying no okay (laughs) So we find out that Yergo is uh, Simon's biggest fan. And he's just like, okay, well, I think we're going to be best friends. And Simon, like, not Simon, Yergo kind of yelps like, oh, oh but wait, you, you just jumped something very important, I think. Oh, was it the fact that Yergo was uh, sniffing <laughs> Simon's pants? Uh, Yes, that's one of them. There's another one, though. Um. There is a moment in this exchange that feels, like, not written. It feels just, like, improvised. (laughs) And it's when Steve Carell is getting ready to leave, and he puts down the tea. And, like, because Tim Curry's like, no, I don't want any tea. And then, so Yorgo drops it and starts to leave, and Tim Curry goes, oh, but maybe. And Yorgo turns around, and Steve Carell just, like, murmurs a bunch. And they keep doing this, like, over and over again. And so, in the first uh, pilot, I was like, okay, if they're going to redo everything, that's probably the one thing they're going to cut. Because that was a little weird, and, like, it was improv, and clearly just, like, something they, I think, figured out on set. But they do it again. And the way that they structure the scene in the actual episode that aired, the entire scene is rushed, and they give this one improv moment, like the most screen time out of anything I think in the episode. <laughs> it's just a solid three minutes of Steve Carell <laughs> running back and forth. It honestly it kind of feels like it. And and it's after that exchange that he says that he has a feeling that they're gonna be best friends, which is in both versions. 
And yep. And then uh, Daniel shows up at the door almost immediately after Yergo leaves. It was very weird because like the door closes and he opens it 10 seconds later and a magical child has appeared. And he's like, do you want to hear a joke? Do I have a choice? <laughs> knock, knock. Come in. Huh? Goodbye. And slams the door. <laughs> uh, this, this kid, by the way, his ears are too big. You know what, Andy? So are mine. No, <laughs> Ed, I've seen your ears, and I've seen this kid's ears, and they are definitely bigger. Um, I'm going to have to call you out. You are a liar because I always wear earmuffs to cover my ears. I am never not wearing them. Wait a minute. But what about the the, uh, five-inch gauges that you always wear? They're ear-shaped earmuffs. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Well, how big are your ears? Um, about 13 feet. I do have to fold them up like the American flag every time I put on the earmuffs. Do you have any little guys in there? I don't not have any little guys in there. Well, that's all I needed to know. Uh, so I definitely think this, this kid probably has some little guys in his ear, like little bug guys. Because like a this... Meet Dave situation. Yeah. <laughs> no 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 the these guys (laughs) these guys aren't native to daniel okay so more like of a like a horton here's a who situation i would say more like um like a fantastic voyage uh uh incredible journey or whatever that one with uh um, dennis quaid is oh um cheaper by the dozen inner space inner space (laughs) i meant um yours mine and ours not cheaper by the dozen. They're basically the same movie. I think. I don't remember them. Also, this kid uh, plays a character named Fudge in a uh, series of uh, of episodes of a show uh, also called Fudge. Do you think he was the titular character? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then we cut to the bar. And Simon's sitting up there making flaming drinks. And uh, he's attracted a large crowd. And Kate's just like, okay, like, it's very, very popular, but I got to go to sleep. I have to sell jam in the morning at the swap meet. And Tim is like, oh, Kate, what happened to you? And she's like, okay, fine, I'll have one drink. And then she wakes up in the lobby wearing what I thought was a bathrobe at first. But when she stands up, it is very apparent it is not a bathrobe. (laughs) And uh, we find out that she went a little over the top. (laughs) Get it? Oh. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) She, She got a little tipsy and was dancing in the nude. And a police officer handcuffed her to a blender. And she woke up with $9 in her waistband. Now, in my version of the episode, <laughs> um, let me let me cross check here. Uh, in my version, Tim Curry is playing a uh, he's hosting an event at the hotel called like a night in Morocco. Did that happen in your your version? That did not. 
Okay. And that's why everyone's having fun and like drinking in the bar. Um, you know, I feel like that makes sense because when Kate wakes up in the morning, she appears to be wearing some sort of Moroccan garb. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, she goes to the event and she doesn't want to stay. Uh, she just wants to say that, you know, it, it was a nice thing that he did to throw this event or something like that. And like a bunch of people came and he was right about this event. Um, and she starts to leave and then he's like, one drink. And then he, she stays for one drink and like the same exact thing happens. But I feel like in the actual episode that aired, it makes more sense why she would drink with him and like get that drunk. <laughs> right. So then um, Gwen walks by. She's got a tattoo on her shoulder that Frankie's cousin put on her shoulder. And Kate's pissed. Daniel comes out and goes, want to play hide and seek? I know a place you'll never find me. And uh, Simon's just like, don't tease me. <laughs> and Yergo comes downstairs to show Kate a video, because he always tapes Days to Remember. And it's basically showing that Simon's character got killed off. And uh, it turns out Simon never told Kate that he was actually, you know, unemployed. It's okay, though. Yeah. We all have those days. So my favorite joke of the episode is Simon's like, or not Simon, Yurgo's freaking out. He's just like, oh no, Mr. Simon's not on the show anymore. How will I go on? And then his watch beeps and he goes, ooh, General Hospital. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think everything that's good about this episode probably comes from Yorgo. And Tim Curry. I think if they're in the same general space... Uh, they have a chemistry that's just like, you can feel it, you know? Oh, yeah. So, going to speed through the last uh, few scenes. Th things got really fuzzy for me um, in the third act. So, we have Frankie show up. Not Frankie. Danny shows up, and he's just like, I heard you're moving out, so uh, I want to give you my old Yankees hat. And Tim's like, oh, I'll put it up next to my acting trophies. Or no, bowling trophies. Acting trophies aren't a thing. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, the Oscars technically are. Uh-uh. Those aren't trophies. They're Oscars. <laughs> they're little golden men. They're little gold guys that are, they're little actors from the planet gold area. Uh, can I just say one thing? Um, one thing. Only one thing. <laughs> and then you're off the show forever. The, the the joke that he makes after receiving the baseball hat is different in the uh, the actual episode. He says, Oh, thanks. I'll wear it when I'm tinkering with my truck. You know, I don't I don't quite like that one. <laughs> really? I kind of like that one more than the bowling trophy one. <laughs> the bowling trophy one, I can't tell if he legitimately plays or like does bowling see i feel like the bowling trophy one he was just being like a sarcastic asshole yeah facetious exactly and then um then gwen shows up and starts crying on his shoulder like uh frankie dumped me and like i got a tattoo for him and simon's just like you should see your mother's and then he starts walking up the stairs kate sees him and he's holding the hat he's bringing the hat up because he has a little bit of sentiment for these children and he's playing the piano in his room. <laughs> he's he's kind of good. 
he's pretty good. And uh, he's singing, gray skies are going to clear up. Put on a happy flash. <laughs> he said he he mispronounces words for comedy, and I love it. Yeah, he's really he's like kind of hamming it up. I mean, he might be half in the bag, and he might be half poking out over the top. <laughs> so I hate when that happens. <laughs> when you're poking out half over the top. Yeah, just halfway though. Yeah, just a little bit. So Kate asks him to stay, but says she's going to put him to work. And it turns out he's going to be the new concierge. Which, Andy, how does your episode end? You know, um, I don't actually know if it ends that way. Um, I actually didn't finish it, <laughs> to be honest with you. I you know got, what, that's fair. I got pretty far. Um, it, from my estimation, though, so basically... Uh, in in this version of the show, it's not a bed and breakfast. It's not like some like kind of whatever that hotel is in the pilot. It's a famous hotel in the middle of New York City called the Metropolitan. Okay, see, that makes more sense. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> and so she works there and uh, she just got transferred there and moved her family there. And um, he comes in just like kind of visiting like, he strolls in after getting fired, basically. And she has an upcoming review from, like, this hotel commission or something. And he helps her, like, clean up the hotel. But then she gets, like, really drunk. And then she messes up the uh, the interview with the commissioner or whatever from the hotel committee, whatever, the next day. Um, and they just kind of bond over that. And, like, they're buddy-buddy. And then I think she might ask him to be the concierge. It's very different, though. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's kind of over the top, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's over the top. We're going to take a short little brack. That is my Tim Curry version of break. Brock. A brock. Brock Obama. We're going to take a Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Welcome to the Something Random Podcast, where sometimes we talk about movies, sometimes we talk about television, but we always talk about something random. I'm your host, Charles. And I'm your co-host, Michael. I'm Scotty. My name is Joel. Okay, so what we do in the podcast is we answer questions from our audience like, what does, uh, what would Batman sound like if he was played by Tom Hanks? Uh, okay, Joel, go. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I, I gotta go uh, get the, the Penguin and Catwoman. <laughs> oh, in my Batmobile. <laughs> All right, and at the end of the episode, we make original movies, ideas from movies. Go. Uh, uh, Apollo 1776. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the idea here is they go into outer space, they come back, they're back in time, and, and they crack the Liberty Bell. Oh no. Those astronauts. You can find our podcast wherever podcasts are found, and uh, we hope that you have a wonderful week. So Andy, for your pitches, yeah, you said you have a... Uh, an interesting kind of a model for them. Yes, I do. I I kind of already brought this up, and uh, I may have given a, a bit more away than I wanted to, but essentially my pitch uh, for future episodes of Over the Top involve a, a Groundhog's Day-esque uh, story about characters who progressively realize their own, like, like that every day is basically happening again and they realize their own futility 
and it just gets very dark as the show goes on. So in your version, are you saying like they wake up in a different hotel every day and like things are slightly different? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And actually you could do a lot of fun stuff with this. Like every episode could be like a different world or like a different universe. Like one is like a sci-fi world and like one is like, um, like a, like a Western world or something like, <laughs> like Westworld. I, I don't, I don't understand the reference. Look, I'm sorry. You just have to have YouTube red. Oh, damn. I got YouTube green. I'm green. If I was blue, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah. So every episode would be a different universe. And, um, and you know, maybe you could do some kind of fun stuff with that. Like maybe Tim Curry is uh, played by a different actor. Um, no, well, uh, hold up. You mean Simon is played by a different actor. No one can ever play Tim Curry. No, Ed, I mean, it's an episode about the episode, and in that episode, the actor who plays the version of Tim Curry, who plays Simon, is played by a different actor than Tim Curry. So you're proposing, like, a behind-the-scenes, like, meta-episode. Yes, yeah, because at one point, the characters uh, get so self-aware that they've managed to break out of the actual format of a multicam sitcom. Now, do they, um, I don't recall if there was a laugh track or not. I believe there was. Well, Ed, here's the thing. You just don't understand the specter. I'm sorry, who? The specter? He's, He's the character who pulling the strings. Oh, okay. That was probably John O'Hurley, and that's why I don't know that. Yeah, so you you clearly, yeah, you missed the specter. Uh, you missed the plot um, with with the mechanical uh, dog. And quite frankly, I mean, you missed some, some very important uh, messages on um, poverty in America. Now, I did hear that there was an episode where they bring back Winston Churchill from the dead. But instead of being actual Winston Churchill, they put his mind in the body of a teenage girl. Is that true? I will neither confirm nor deny any fact about Over the Top. Because honestly, uh, when you go back to watch the episodes, they're all different every time. So it's sort of a choose your own Over the Top. Yeah, it's kind of complicated, but actually the disc was made half in Korea uh, Korea, and then half... uh, All of Korea, sorry. It was made by somebody... I can't believe I have to explain this, but it was made by somebody who ran from the uh, uppermost point of North Korea down to the lowermost point of South Korea. Um, They made half of the disc, and then the other half of the disc was made by a uh, hermit living on an island off the coast of Japan. Um, And in doing so, they coded the disc so that every time it plays, a different episode plays. Um, And there were over, like... 100,000 variations of the episodes. Man, I gotta buy this disc. Honestly, it could only come out now um, because of the uh, treatise between North and South Korea. So maybe that's why they uh, canceled this show, because they were just like, we can't keep making these discs. It's so expensive. Honestly, yeah, there's really only two discs in existence. (laughs) There's only two, yeah. One is in the ABC archives. Yep. And one you're using as a coaster for your uh, your Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I mean, about half the time I'm using it for that. The other half of the time I'm using it as a hoo hoo 
cool-down pad for my microwaved Easy Mac. You know, those are always good for that. Yeah, honestly, too hot when it comes out. Just put it on a nice CD disc. That baby's going to cool right down. Now tell me, how does Blu-ray affect the heat of an Easy Mac? Well, um, Edward, uh, if you've ever seen the heat scale, you know that blue... You, you know, you're familiar with, with blue, right? Yeah, the color blue? Yeah, it's very hot. Yes, and then white is more hot? Uh, it's a little less hot. It's still hot, though. And red is like the lower tier. Yeah, it's baby hot. That's my favorite rapper. And then honestly, uh, beyond that, there's no color. <laughs> Ever. anyways uh but yeah blue is the hottest color so obviously a blu-ray will absorb the most heat out of the easy mac you know that makes sense because there's that movie blue is the warmest color i haven't seen it but i assume that's what it's about it has to be why would they name a movie that and not make it about (laughs) this very esoteric uh bit we have gone on with (laughs) for over five minutes (laughs) This very integral piece of the upcoming episode. (laughs) So yeah, do you have any uh, more episode pitches? Honestly, that's kind of it. I I took up a lot of time explaining this uh, very conceptual idea. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the, uh, possibilities are, are limitless, honestly. All right. So like now, don't get me wrong. I love your I love your idea. Yeah. But I don't think it plays well on network TV. So I'm thinking we go a more traditional route. Kind of keep it, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, uh, you know, run of the mill. Uh, I totally agree. Can I, can I just ask you a question? Um, yeah, you may ask one. Uh, which network did Lost play on? Uh, the same, the very same network, ABC. And, uh... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Lost has some uh, very complicated time travel plots, right? Um, you know, the only time travel plot in Lost is when Hurley is writing Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Other than that, it's very simple and straightforward. Wait a minute. <laughs> what about Desmond? Um, he turned out to be the polar bear, remember? And where do you think they got that idea from? Tim Curry? You betcha. <laughs> so I'm thinking there'd be uh, a lot of references to like these actors' previous works. Like maybe there's an episode. Okay, so like there's got to be an episode kind of referencing Home Alone too. You know, you got Tim Curry working in a hotel. Mm-hmm. So like maybe Kate's like going through the accounting books and goes, "Hold up, there's a guest in the hotel who's committing credit card fraud." And Tim's just like, don't worry, I'm on the case. Because now he's like a hotel detective. He switches roles very, very uh, frequently in this show. Like maybe one week he's the maid, one week he's the chef with Yurgo. You know, he's just trying to find his place in this hotel. I love that idea. But also, I thought that the reason it was called Over the Top... And and you can call me really dumb for this, is that uh, 
he became a bellhop. I don't understand. You know, you know how like bellhops like operate the elevator? Is it because they have to hop over the top? Yeah. Hop on pop on top. The sequel starring Tim Curry. So I'm thinking like he's uh, doing his detective work. And uh, turns out it's Macaulay Culkin, not the actor Macaulay Culkin, but he's playing a character also named Macaulay Culkin. And he's the guy committing credit card fraud. But Tim Curry's got to try and prove it. So, like, he's kind of sneaking in. There's going to be a bit where, like, there's a blow-up clown in the shower dancing. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'll get you to that cheese pizza. (laughs) And then Rob Schneider shows up at the very end of the episode. And he's like, can I be a bellhop? How how into this uh, did we need to get to, to... Make that joke happen. To make the uh, cheese pizza one? Yeah. Um, we didn't have to go so deep, but I figure, much like a very a, a very deep, deep Chicago deep dish pizza, mm-hmm. you gotta go deep. Yeah, baby. I mean, we're already in here. We're, oh, we're cheesing it up in the sauce, babe. And now give me that sweet delivery. <laughs> give me that sweet DiGiorno. Oh, no. Wait, no. Not the DiGiorno. That's not delivery. Yeah, dude, get the fucking shit out of my face. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll put it on the heating, the heating Blu-ray. Cue, God. So, so I think there'd also be an episode, like a Halloween episode, where like maybe we find out that Simon, his acting rival, is actual Tim Curry, and we'd get some like Parent Trap esque special effect work, where Tim Curry plays both himself. And Simon. Damn. And like, maybe Simon is just like, you know what? I'm going to show up Tim Curry at this, at this Halloween party. I'm going to show up dressed as one of his characters. So he shows up as uh, Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And Tim Curry shows up and he's just like wearing the same thing. He's like, oh no, one of us is going to have to change. (laughs) And then... Kate shows up and is just like, I don't know which one to shoot. Which one to use the real Simon? And they're both like, no, I'm the real Simon. <laughs> she shoots one. Turns out to be Tim Curry. And she's very sad because she wanted to shoot Simon. I I think you're right. I think, I think you figured this show out. Yeah. And then maybe in the same episode, like the B story would be that there's a supposedly a ghost in the hotel. Named? Harold Ramis. No, what what is the ghost's <laughs> real name? The ghost's real name? Um, his name is the Old Old Pop. The Spectre. The Spectre. Old Pop the Spectre. See? Our shows are in the same universe. We were thinking we the exact same thing, dude. <laughs> exactly. We said it right at the same time. We're basically like, you know that connection between two when two moms have a baby like, and they can feel it? They can feel a connection between each other? We just had that same uh, connection, but over an idea. Exactly. I that feel same s- exact connection. I feel so linked to you, and it was really hard getting this out. 
So maybe she calls in an exterminator. (laughs) But who's that? It's Arnold Hudson. That's not a real name. Ernest Hudson. And uh, (laughs) because it turns out the ghost was actually just a couple of rats in the walls. So he comes in. He's the exterminator. And he's got all this like expensive equipment on his back. And he starts like crossing the streams and he kills the mice in the walls. Wow. Um, <laughs> that got dark. And also the uh, he's at the final confrontation and helps Kate determine which one's Tim Curry and which one's Craig Ferguson. Sorry, Simon Ferguson. <laughs> well, which one is it? <laughs> That's my very poor impression. <laughs> of Ernie Hudson? Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I thought it was spot on. Wow, I can't believe you worked Ernie Hudson into your episode. I mean, how could I not? Yeah, you're right. And I'm thinking, like, maybe we go the traditional route for a series finale. Like, the two of them get back together, Simon and Kate. And then she reveals, oh, by the way, Gwen is actually your daughter. And he's like, what? And he turns to the camera. And stares at it for 13 minutes. Did you... Unblinking. <laughs> did you think... Um, did you think that was going to happen in the first episode? That they were going to say that uh, he was her father? It seemed like it was going to go that way. Right? Yeah. I I thought that too. I thought they were going to reveal that. And if they didn't reveal it then, that they were going to reveal it like later like probably in a later episode um but in the actual episode that aired that whole monologue he gives to her to like make her feel better it's not it's not there because remember his like improvised monologue doesn't happen so he's not allowed right so that joke is dead yeah he doesn't give her any advice so they have like no interaction in the actual episode interesting yeah it's like really strange She's a completely different character, almost. Well, just in that one episode. Dude, you don't know that. And neither do I, so let's not make that claim, okay? Okay. So I think that's <laughs> going to do that for this episode. <laughs> the, yeah, things just got really serious, and I think we need, we're going to need to talk after the show. Yeah, we're, we're going to have... We're going to map this out. We're mad at each other, but we're going to work it out. Hey, Andy, you know what I'm mad about? What you mad about, boy? I'm mad about you. Our next episode? No, I wish. Which does not make any sense. (laughs) You know, the thing is, there is a Paul Reiser show. I just can't find it. I think the next time I come on the show is when we find it. You know what? I'll hold you to that. I'm going to start the search. I'm going to find it. It could be, heck, it could be, you know, a couple weeks from now. It could could be like eight years from now, but I'm going to find it. You know what? Good luck, safe travels, and make sure you're always wearing that condom. I'm, I'm wearing it on my pinky, like, like you said, <laughs> right? You said the pinky, right? Yeah, the pinky. I'm showing you my pinky. It's the most it's the most sexual finger. 
Okay, but it is a finger, right? I didn't yeah. get that. Okay. Right, it's not like that other weird finger, right? No, no, it doesn't go on that finger. Okay, good, good. Okay, so anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that finger's for peeing, Andy. Look, I know, I, I but sometimes you can point with it. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, uh, what I was gonna say is that uh, if you never see me again, um, it's been a really, really great uh, time on the show, and I've had a lot of fun. And a uh, hundred more episodes of Unaired, please. Um, but if you see me again, well. You'll know I succeeded. In your immortal life, you have succeeded in the one task that's been assigned to you. Yep. I'm a good boy now. All right. Well, uh, that's going to probably do it for us, right? Yeah, which is what I said about five minutes ago, but. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, check out all all of our social media at Unheard Podcast. Basically on everything. Follow me on Twitter because I am currently writing to nobody. So, yeah, follow him on Twitter. It's at Barack Obama. (laughs) Uh, I'm. Yep, it just is. Just go there. You'll find it. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh. There is an announcement. We are going back to weekly episodes. Hey. Um, Yeah. I've uh, sat down and recorded. By the time this episode comes out, I will have recorded a bulk load of episodes. Hey, uh, question about something you just said. Yeah. This show isn't live? Yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 it's live. Okay, what day is it? Do you need me to hold up a newspaper? I know what you're doing. Guys, I think I think I fucked up. I think Andy's found me out. I know what you're doing. If and I if I go if I go missing, I'm with the Paul Reiser show. He'll never find me. Get over here, you little minx. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Bye. I'm Jay. I'm Bob. And I'm Corey. We are the Cretans Guild. We're a trio of man-children whose friendship predates the Lion King, Green Day's Dookie, the N64, and the Channel. We have backgrounds working in television, video games, radio broadcasting, creative writing, and pizza delivery. That's a large cheese, right? On our podcast, Nerd or Not, you'll hear us talk about board games, TV, movies, comics, collectibles, video games, wrestling, theme parks. We even did a segment on f***ing pizza. So check and listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. And check out our socials on Twitter and Instagram under Cretans Guild. Welcome to the Guild. <laughs>